Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. This week's episode is brought to you by Richard with a headache, so shh. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's hay fever or cold or man flu, any one of the above could be the cause of this raging headache. Um, I may just have to, uh, yell quietly at someone. Um, so, um, a little while ago, someone got in touch with me, um, and asked me to talk about the acronyms and the language that is used within the world of adoption. Um, I am foreseeing that this is probably going to be a shorter episode, um, but I thought it would always be quite nice to have just a point of reference, something for you to fall back on or to use should you get a little bit lost and confused. Um, What I have recognised within the world of adoption, particularly as soon as you start interaction with local authorities and social workers, is acronyms are plentiful. and that can actually get really, really quite, quite confusing um, and quite difficult to, to follow. So here goes. Write these down. Um, LA and VA. Um, so LA is your local authority agency. VA is a voluntary agency. We've had a couple of um, episodes in the past about the difference between those. Um, so please feel free to go back to previous episodes if you'd like to know the difference between a voluntary agency and a local authority agency. Um, But yes, that will be LA or VA. ROI. I see this an awful lot on pages, like support pages that I visit, and people say, we've just returned our ROI. Uh, You speak to social workers and they say, oh, we're just waiting on these ROIs. that's a registration of interest form. So essentially this is if you attend an information session with um, an agency, they will talk you through um, the sort of the variety of aspects of adoption. They will then potentially do a, a quick interview with yourself. They then give you the opportunity to submit your registration of interest therefore you are saying you would like to move things forward um, so that's your ROI um, stage one stage two um, I know that's not an acronym stop judging um, <laughs> but it's still it's still adoption language stage one stage two so stage one is and again this may be different for certain agencies but I think it's pretty uh, standard across the board. Um, Stage one is where you have returned your ROI um, and the social workers are now going to do a variety of checks. So they will do DBS checks, they will do your medicals. If you work with children, they're going to do an employer's reference for you as well. at this stage, you tend to have your workbooks given to you, which you w- will work through. Um, and this 
kind of um, sort of puts a, a mini report together that is given to you um, so as you can start to build a picture of yourselves as adopters um, for your agency. Um, so that's stage one. Um, then stage two is when you have your assessments, uh, your home assessments done. Um, when you meet your social worker, you'll do a, a, the biggest bulk of your training during stage two. Um, and at the end of stage two, you will then go to panel. Um, obviously, panel, um, again, I'm sure that you will know what it is, but and we've done a couple of episodes on panels as well. But panel is when a group of independent um, individuals will get together. They will read your PAR. I'll come back to that one. And they will meet with you to make a decision on whether they feel they would like to recommend for you to go forward to be approved as adopters and then you go back to matching panel so you get um, approval to be matched to certain children. Um, all of their decisions are then ratified by the ADM. Oh, another acronym. Uh, agency Decision Maker. So what that is, it's after your social worker, or SW, as you'll find on a lot of social media groups and support groups, we'll be referring them as. As your social worker has um, gone through the process, put your part together, again, I'll come back to it. Um, you've then gone to panel, uh, you've been approved. At panel, they then send their decision off to the agency decision maker. They will overlook the entire assessment. They will look at yourself. They will look at all aspects of your journey and they will make a decision as to whether they agree or disagree with the panel's decision. Now, something to be aware of there is if you have gone to panel and you've had a unanimous yes, it is highly unlikely that you would then get to the agency decision maker and receive a no. It's not to say it can't happen because obviously anything could happen, but just again, so that's in your head. Um, as you're going through your assessment, your social worker in stage two is writing your PAR, your perspective adopters report. What this is, is basically, if you if you thought of the most intense dating site out there, um, this is your your profile that is written. It's the profile that goes to panel. It's the profile that goes to any potential social workers where you've made a link with children. Um, they will then read that if they are the family finding social worker. They will have a look through your um, PAR and they will assess you for a match. Um, so your prospective adopters report, it will be based on a lot of the same sort of headings that your workbook is in. Um, 
it'll have your comments, your thoughts, it'll have your strengths, your vulnerabilities, it'll have a photo, it'll have your comments, um, and it'll be your assessment. So as people can really get a good understanding of, of you as an individual. So that's your par. Then once you've had a match, you are then, or once you've found a child on Linkmaker or any other means of finding a child, um, your agency will then have what is called a FLIM or an FLM meeting, and that is a family linking meeting. Again, that might be known as different um, by different acronyms, but essentially, this is a meeting where social workers, family finding social workers, managers will get into a room and they will look through your PAR, they will look through the child's or children's um, reports, and they will do a sort of a, a matching of needs. So this child needs this in their life, the adopters would be able to do this by X, Y, and Z. They have demonstrated in their PAR that they have the skills to bring this to the table. I'm making that a lot more simple sounding than it actually is, but you know, you, you're hoping, hopefully getting the idea. At that family linking meeting, um, it would then be agreed um, that you are a suitable match. You then go to a matching panel. Once that has been done, again, and once the ADM has ratified the decision, you're then looking at doing matching and you're looking at doing your introductions um, again I've done a whole episode on introductions and how they can look so I won't go through all of those details every single child is different so every introduction plan is is made to be different and put in a position to to be as sort of tailor-made to the child as possible um, you then have your introduction plan um, and then once the child has or children have moved in with you you are then through your process um, you'll then have your reviews uh, those reviews the first one is after 10 weeks um, at this point that is the earliest point that you are allowed to submit paperwork to request to formally adopt a child um, but at this point, you'll have a reviewing officer who will meet with social workers, your social worker, the child social worker. Um, if they're of a school age, they'll meet with the school, a whole host of people to just gather intelligence and ask how things are going. Um, and then at that stage, you are then able to say, yes, we'd like to take this forward. Or mm, I think that we need a few more weeks or months to support moving that forward. So again, that can be made. Um, when, when you then go um, ahead and you go to the sort of, your, your case is then heard in the family court, um, a, a judge will then decide what, what the outcome will be. Um, 
then we had what we called a celebration hearing or a celebration day. But I believe that, again, that term can be changed and is interchangeable. So essentially what that one was, was it was um, a day when we as a family went to a court and in that hearing, the judge spoke to little dude and said, you know, I've gone through all the files, I've looked at the information, I've gathered all the intelligence and I, I agree this is this is the match for you and I'd like to officially make you a family. Now, of course, that's not an official day in as much as they've had the court hearing previously, but this is a huge, huge day for our kids. It's really important. So that's a, that's a good one. Um, so there, there's some of the um, different languages that you might hear. When it comes to um, different children, um, you could go down the route of EP, <laughs> uh, which is early permanence also known as fostering to adopt. We have talked about this one previously, but just to kind of sum this one up, early permanence or foster to adopt is when social services are feeling more confident that a particular birth family who have a child um, on the way, the likelihood is that that child will not be able to safely go home with the birth family therefore an early permanence plan is put in place so as that child is born you are the first carers so you are duly approved as foster carers and adopters so essentially you become foster carers for that child as they come out of hospital and then as again as the reviews and the process goes through if it's assessed and it's deemed that that child will not be going back to their birth families you are then moving forward to actually adopt that child. So it just reduces the amount of moves for a child. Um, but like I say, that is called fostering to adopt or early permanence. Um, on a lot of the support groups that I follow, I will see acronyms used of BMBF. This tends to be a re reference to birth mother, birth fa father, or birth family. Um, so again, if you see that, likelihood is that is what you're, you're looking at. Um, you may see on support groups AD or AS. Again, I'm not trying to teach you how to suck eggs or anything like that. I'm just going through all of the acronyms that I've come across. ADAS, adopted son, adopted daughter. Um, so that's language that you might see on some of the support groups. Um, when your child goes to school, um, there is a SENCO, which is a Special Educational Needs Coordinator, head teacher and teachers. You will then have something called a named teacher. In every school, there is a named teacher who is responsible for looking after the lack or plaque children. Lack or plaque is looked after children or previously looked after children. Um, our children, while, until the adoption order has gone through, are considered lack children. 
even though they are not lacking anything. Um, and then once they have, once you have been approved and they are formally adopted, they become plaque children, previously looked after children. Um, within a school, you can have an EHCP. Uh, yep, don't remember what that one is. Uh, <laughs> I was doing so well. Um, essentially, if a child has an EHCP plan, it essentially helps to ensure that they have additional funding within the school system. Um, I'm sure some of you right now are yelling at your listening devices going, I know this one, I know this one. I apologise. Maybe I'll make a correction one day. Um, you will also have um, in a school, there is PPF for Freddie or PPP, Pupil Premium Fund or Pupil Premium Plus. Quite often... In schools, the two get confused because they go into the same budget. Pupil Premium Fund is for um, children or families that need additional financial support. If, uh, For example, if a family um, is entitled to free school meals, that child will then qualify for a Pupil Premium Fund. It means that the school gets um, some additional funds to support that child within their learning. Pupil Premium Plus is for plaque and lack children. Um, this is different to PPF, but like I say, it goes into the same pot. We have covered in schools, um, the schools episodes, um, how schools can use the PPP fund and how sometimes they don't use it as we'd like. Um, again, when you're meeting with your schools, ask them what they do and what the difference is. Check out if they know what the difference is. Always a good one, always a good one. Um, you then have the ASF, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is your adoption support fund. This is the amount of money, is 5,000 pounds, not accumulative, or up to 5,000 pounds, not accumulative, per child per year, um, to help support them with therapeutic support. Um, you might find on some support groups um, PA, so Papa Alpha, that's post-adoption. Um, I think, I think that may be all of the acronyms that I can think of that you might come into contact with. Um, like I say, fully aware that today's episode is not a fun one, okay? Fully aware of that. My apologies. However, I do think it is nice to have a point of reference. It's good to be able to, to know where to sort of go with this. Um, so as you can sort of refer back if, if you're finding that acronyms are being used and you're just a little bit lost, this one might help you. Um, what I would say, however... Um, Really, really crucial point. If you are in a uh, training session or any any environment where you are finding that a social worker is delivering a session and they are dropping acronyms like they're going out of fashion, very commonplace. They are not doing it to confuse you. They're not doing it to sort of leave you in, in, lost in translation. 
it's just language that they use the same as any environment that you go into there's always jargon um so just make sure that you are asking those questions and raising your hand and saying actually i don't know what lack means would you be able to explain that and it does not matter if they have to explain it 17 times it is irrelevant it demonstrates that you need to know that information so do not stress uh, one that I've just remembered as I was going is um, FASD, uh, Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder. Um, we did an episode on that. ASD, um, Autism Spectrum Disorder, um, or Autistic Spectrum Disorder rather. Um, again, we've talked about children with disabilities, um, and I believe I've, I've done quite a bit on autism, however always happy to go back and cover that one again um but yeah like i say ask the question people that are entrenched in the world they use this language because it's just easier um you just need to have the confidence to say to someone hey i don't actually know what you're talking about can you just speak english (laughs) um just yeah but i thought it might help you um So that's the episode from me today, hoping that it's been helpful. Um, Totally understand if you've skipped this episode, I am not going to judge you. Um, But for those of you that has helped and for those of you that have made it to the end, thank you very much. Um, Wishing you all the best and I shall speak to you 